Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's, or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader? Audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. This could be one long, I told you so episode, but I'm not going to do that. I'm trying to take a cue from my TV colleague, Emmanuel Acho, who is very aggressive in advertising himself. But it's not how I came into the business. You let your work speak for you. That's what I was taught. I'm coming to understand, though, that between social media and access to endless entertainment and information outlets, rising above the swarm and the chatter requires some self-service. If you've been listening to this podcast over the last week or so, you knew what to look for in Game 5 of the NBA Finals in Phoenix, and if you wagered any money, you took the plus four points offered on the Bucks and had an enjoyable evening. For the record, I've never wagered on teams that I write or talk about because I don't want it to influence my attitude toward particular teams or players. I study and analyze and research because I like unlocking why games unfold as they do. And I especially like unlocking them before they actually happen. There's probably something wrong with the tense of that sentence, but this podcast doesn't have an editor, so I'm freewheeling it, which means the school teachers out there, the English teachers, are just going to have to live with it. But suffice to say, everything I promised would happen in Game 5 did. I told you Drew Holiday wouldn't shoot as badly as he did in Game 4 again, and his defense and playmaking have been on point since Game 2, if not all series. I told you Bobby Portis would have more than three points in 20 minutes, and he had 9 and 19. 
And I told you Brooke Lopez wouldn't take five threes and not make one again, and he didn't, going an efficient one for two. You might have been cursing my name in the first quarter because Phoenix came out on fire, but that's the beauty of this Bucks team. There's nothing that can happen to them at this point that will phase them. Nothing they haven't seen before and overcome. People seem to have forgotten, but they lost their starting two guard, Dante DiVincenzo, in game three of their first round sweep against the Miami Heat. They went up 30-11 in the first quarter on the Nets, gave it all back, trailed by three with less than 90 seconds left, and still won. They fell behind 17-4 in the opening minutes of Game 3 against the Hawks, and still won. They've been behind by double digits in the fourth quarter, and come back and won. They've had to close out a series without their best player, and did. It's why the hope of Phoenix turning the tide and winning the last two games is so remote now. This Bucks team is never going to quit because it's never going to believe it can't still win the game. And that is a powerful advantage, especially compared to a Suns team that has to be wondering what it has to do to win. They've had a nine-point lead at the start of the fourth quarter and lost. They were up by 16 twice in the first quarter of Game 5 and lost. They shot lights out, 55% from the floor, 68% on threes, and lost. Devin Booker has had two 40-point games, and the Suns lost both of them. I push back on the NBA.com headline, and as an aside, I wish I knew why headlines trigger me the way they do. Because nothing makes me grind my teeth more than a headline that misrepresents what actually happened. Maybe it's because people often take their impression of a story from the headline alone. Anyway, this headline said, Sons waste another 40-point gem from Booker. No. Booker scored 40 points. His scoring and his overall game were far from a gem, though. Booker had the highest usage rate of anyone in Game 5, even higher than Giannis Antetokounmpo, with a staggering 43.5%. I believe that's the highest of anyone in any game in this series so far. That means nearly half of the Suns' offense ran through Booker. And yet, he had only three assists to go with two turnovers. I have to give him credit. His defense was as good as I've seen it, but he was on Holiday a lot, and Holiday had himself a day with 27 points on 12 of 20 shooting and 13 dimes with only two turnovers. Booker also only shot five free throws, which is truly the hole in his scoring game. He does not get the opposition in foul trouble. His mid-range game is as good as anyone's in the league right now. But the mid-range does not invite fouls, unless you adopt Chris Paul's tactics, which are less for drawing shooting fouls as much as just getting opposing players to run into him. This also might be part of it. Chris Paul has to be the only Phoenix Sun who is feeling the desperation of now or never. They all should, but try telling Devin Booker at 24 
after going from never making the playoffs to getting all the way to the finals, or hearing from former players in the media that he's the league's next superstar, and the media blowing up Kobe telling him to be legendary into he already is legendary. Try telling him that he may never walk this way again. Mikal Bridges and DeAndre Ayton are so new to everything, there's no way they can grasp that getting to the finals once doesn't mean they're destined to do it multiple times. Maybe if they're going on recent history with what the Warriors, Cavaliers, and Heat did. But better teams than the Suns have made it to the doorstep of a title, never got through the door, and never got to the doorstep again with the same group, or even the same core. The Oklahoma City Thunder with KD and Westbrook. The Orlando Magic, once with Shaq, once with Dwight Howard. Allen Iverson and the Philadelphia 76ers. Reggie Miller and the Indiana Pacers. Gary Payton, Sean Kemp and the Seattle Supersonics. Hell, the last Suns team to reach the finals, with Charles Barkley, was a one-and-done finals runner-up. I could keep going. There have been far more flashes in the NBA Finals pan than dynastic teams like the Warriors, Heat, Spurs, or Kobe's Lakers. Let's just leave it at that. I don't know if I need to keep banging on this because it's going to sound as if I have something against Chris Middleton, and I don't. But good lord, could we stop saying the Bucks are better off when he's the primary ball handler? It's no accident that the Suns went on their first quarter run in Game 5 after Drew Holiday picked up two fouls and went to the bench. That turned the reins over to Middleton and led to a rash of turnovers two by Middleton, and hiccups galore in offensive execution. It's why, I suspect, Mike Budenholzer subbed Holiday back in for the final three minutes of the first period, even with the two fouls. And he subbed him in for Middleton. If you want to say the Bucks are better with Middleton as the primary scorer, okay. But that's not primary ball handler. He finished Game 5 with five assists and four turnovers. Meanwhile, Holiday, as I said, 13 dimes and only two turnovers. His assist-to-turnover ratio for the series is 4.5 to 1. Giannis is 3.5 to 1. Middleton's is under 2 to 1. In Game 5, Holiday had two fewer points than Middleton, yet was more efficient shooting. Now, Middleton's made some big, big shots the last two games. I won't take that away from him. But he's not the defender Holiday is. He's not the playmaker Holiday is. And he's not significantly better as a scorer. Better, I'll give you. But not significantly better. And yet, I've seen more current or former players, Kendrick Perkins and C.J. McCollum in particular, stump for Middleton as finals MVP should the Bucks finish the series off. I'm generally one who pays a lot of attention to who players believe is the real deal. After all, they're the ones who know what it's like to try to figure out how to beat these guys. And much like if I were asked who are the writers or reporters or TV analysts that I have the most respect for, they'd probably be different than the ones that the general public would choose. Or maybe even other media members. And maybe that's the tell. Because I know media people can be tribal and I can't help but feel some of that is going on here. 
The ability to make big, momentum-turning shots is not always appreciated. Too often, we go to the box score, or we add up points scored in the final five minutes, and label them all as clutch points. They're not. It depends on how they're scored. Did the player in question create the shot, or was he the beneficiary? Did the opposing team dare that player to score because they'd rather take their chances with that player than someone else? LeBron benefits from that strategy a lot. Teams don't always double him, not in the clutch, because they consider him more dangerous as a passer, and they know that's his first instinct, as opposed to, say, Kobe, or Damian, or Steph, or KD, or Kyrie, or Middleton. But Holiday is right there with Middleton as far as willingness to take a shot with the game on the line. And to some extent, the overall numbers do matter. Analytics and statistics do have their place in the conversation. Part of the conversation. Not the basis of the conversation. And if Middleton were dominating in the last two minutes of every game, I wouldn't be talking about this. But I've seen him pass up open shots. I've seen him fail to create a shot for himself and get stuck and need to be bailed out. Perkins responded to what apparently has been a chorus of fans on social media, noting that players have not acknowledged what Giannis is doing and wrote, this is Perkins, NBA players are not obligated, obligated in all caps, to love Giannis's game because he's in the NBA. Which sort of acknowledges that players do not love his game, or at least are not showing it love. To which I would say, if you heard Giannis speak about ego and pride and humility, and how he keeps himself right-sized and focused on the task at hand, and if you haven't heard it, I urge you to find it, and you don't love, love his game, that's a reflection on you, not him aside from the numbers and the plays that he's making. It's not just what he's saying. It's very much what he's doing. Granted, the man's dominance is coming in a very unique form, a foreign one. One I suspect is born out of being a Nigerian born in Greece and having to develop his game almost from scratch. He's never been part of the NBA club, the superstar club as we know it. His confidence, his ego, were not shaped in typical fashion for a player who rises to the heights he has. He hasn't always been considered destined for greatness in the NBA. I am dead certain there remains a lasting resentment among players that he already has been a two-time MVP. And what he's doing now is just earning those awards trying to earn those awards. I don't disagree with that. As most of you know, I didn't put Giannis at the top of my MVP ballot until this year. I have no beef with anyone who thinks he shouldn't have won the previous two MVPs. But that's not where we are. We're here. And he's doing enough, including making some big clutch buckets, to deserve respect everyone's respect. And just a word to Nikola Jokic. You're now on the clock and in the barrel if Giannis is any example. 
you still need to validate your regular season MVP award, at least in the eyes of the other players in the league. Nobody may be talking about it right now, but you can bet. Going into next season, the expectation is, all right, we gave you the award, or you won the award. Now let's see you live up to it. My only complaint here is that that is exactly what Giannis is doing, and it needs to be recognized. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We just had a big win by Team USA in an exhibition against Spain, which is considered the team that poses the biggest challenge to Team USA winning gold again. As I told you in the win over Argentina, I do not think that Spain gave Team USA its best game or its best look. But we'll get into that in the next podcast, along with what I'm hearing as far as news is concerned involving Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. All of that in the next episode. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.